Hello, you're listening to another episode of Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hi and welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable. My name is Debbie Roach and in this episode I chat with Tony King-Rose, an advocator for transgender rights within the funeral and death care services and who also offers peer support for trans people working in the death care industry. Tony is a 20-year-old male-identifying openly transgender funeral student currently going through an accredited Canadian mortuary programme. He works part-time at an independent retirement living complex as a housekeeper and a friend and volunteers with Dying with Dignity Canada. Tony believes that it's never too early in life to start talking about your own death and about the death of others and how all genders need to be involved in the conversations. I hope that you enjoy our conversation. However, there is some adult language, so make sure to pop on those headphones. Tony, thank you so much for joining me on the Uncomfortable Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I am too. Um, we connected just because we both know the lovely ladies at Willow. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, Rena and Michelle. I love them so much. Right. They're, they're awesome. They're awesome. So um, I'm very grateful to them for that connection just through social media. I yeah, think. through just social media and networking. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. yeah, it's amazing how powerful that is. Um, so tell us, let's get kind of deep uh, dive right in here. Just tell us um a little bit about what you do. Well, right now I'm a funeral student with the Canadian College of Funeral Services. I'm currently studying in British Columbia with the British Columbia Funeral Association. I'm doing the foundation program. I'm like eight weeks in now. Yeah, no, it's gone by fast. It's been crazy and intense and fun. I'm openly transgender. Um, I'm one of the few in the field that I know of right now. Uh, So that's kind of why I'm here. I started an initiative called Trans Death Care on Instagram, kind of tapering off from my funeral school experience in my first week there. And yeah, that's kind of what brought me here. That's awesome. Now, tell you're really young, right? I'm, yeah. I'm sensing you're very young. So for someone so young to kind of decide that they were interested in getting into the funeral profession um, <laughs> is incredibly interesting to me. So tell me, how did that happen? Well, I've always been one of those people that's kind of been interested in death. I didn't really notice it until when I decided to go into funeral school. I was like, heck yeah, this is my thing. But... I used to be interested in forensics and just crime scenes, and I used to hold little funerals for little dead animals that I would find just out of the goodness of my heart. (laughs) It was just kind of what I did. I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't really brought up in a very death-aware household or community at any portion. Um, I wasn't really around death much when I was young. 
my grandfather died when I was an infant, so I didn't get to experience that death mm-hmm. that much. And I didn't really experience death until my grandmother passed away over a year ago now. Because okay. she was slowly palliative, and I got to be by her bedside for a good week of it. So. Yeah, and would you say your interest was kind of prior to that? And then, you know, did that experience with your grandmother kind of really, you know, hit it home? Like, yep, this is what I want to do. Yeah, that experience definitely made me think more about death and Mm -hmm. dying and what happens after you die and how you're remembered. Because it was a shitstorm. It wasn't planned. Nobody plans death. And all of my family members, they didn't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. it could have gone better. It could have gone worse. But it definitely made me dive more into death and want to learn as much as I could about it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's so cool. So, you know, you're now specifically advocating for trans death care. How did that kind of come around? Did that start in the first week of your school, as you said, or was that something where, you know, a seed was planted prior to starting school? It's definitely more based on my own mortality. Kind of learning more about death you learn a lot about your own mortality. You learn a lot about what you want at the end of life and what death means to you. And it's it's wonderful. It's very eye-opening. But you also learn what you fear as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's being remembered properly. Um, I haven't legally changed my name yet. I'm still going through the process. Okay. So for me, the fear of that name being on my tombstone and having that on my death certificate and whether or not my gender reflects who mm-hmm. who I identify as and whether or not my family and my loved ones can fully celebrate who I am yeah. as I've passed on because I know they do at the moment, most of them, but grief is weird. Mm-hmm. It does weird things mm-hmm. and some people can't even control that, so... Yeah. And I mean, I don't because like you, I didn't grow up in a very kind of, you know, death positive family where it was talked about very often. And again, like yourself, I kind of experienced it a little bit when you know my gran and my grandpa passed away, but I was young. So I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening and what kind of that process is that a, a you know daughter or whoever has who has to deal with the death and take those steps of you know the death certificate and what goes on the tombstone and and like I didn't even think about that that my mum had to do all of that right so I don't know how far in your schooling you are now to kind of be able to kind of walk us through the process and the options that people have can you put that that person was maybe non-binary or didn't associate with one particular gender or is it just right now where it's like female or male like what's the options is there a lot of you know options for people Well, Vital Statistics in BC has it on their death registration program where they have the option X. So people who do have that option on their ID can have that on their Mm -hmm. death certificate as well. I'm not too sure if you're able to register someone who identifies as trans as the Mm -hmm. X or whether or not you have to go straight with their ID Okay. or if that's something that could be changed over time. You never know. But, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm guessing and again speaking from my own experience, not a lot of people have a conversation around what they want at their death, right? So it may leave that loved one who is then 
you know, having to kind of plan whatever type of funeral or celebration of life that they want to kind of make decisions that they are like, oh God, I, I actually don't know because we never talked about it. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. It's definitely happening more and more. And especially if it's someone who's younger that's passed on. Yeah. It's not necessarily the family's fault, of course. You're not going to plan for someone younger yeah. to die. But having that awareness and being able to openly talk about the kind of things that you would want when you pass, it definitely helps the family know what what you want and that they're doing what they can to memorialize you. Yeah. And when you started schooling, I know you're still in the early stages, like what have you noticed that was missing when it comes um, to, you know, the death care for a trans person? It's not very talked about. It's not that it's not prevalent or it's not something that happens and people come across. It's just not many people are having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And lots of people are, I feel like, afraid to have that conversation because this funeral profession, it's generically known as old white male who are usually of some sort of Christian religious mm-hmm. faith. But that's definitely not what the demographic is now. A lot of it is women and female identifying people in mm-hmm. the industry slash profession. Um, but nobody knows how many trans people there are. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get that statistic and get that demographic so that we know that we're out there. Yeah. Because it's not just male-female binary. There are intersex people. Mm-hmm. Intersex is a real scientific thing, and trans people are real. Yeah. So why can't there be that statistic there? Yeah, so you're yeah. working to change that. Like, what's what's kind of your next step or your, like, what is it that you want to do in terms of that research and to, to find out how many trans folks, intersex folks there are out there? Like, what would have to be done? Um, Transpulse Canada, they're... A nonprofit based out of Ontario. They've recently done a census that was um, volunteers, so they are going to have some statistics on how people identify within each province in Canada, okay. and they're going to be releasing that hopefully within the next new year. Oh, good. Okay. So there will oh. be some statistics out there and mm-hmm. some survey like answers that I can use and kind of develop and see if I can reach out and talk to the community and get their opinions on what's happening and be able to use those statistics and those numbers to reach back to the funeral community and mm. say, hey, this is the average right now. Yeah. This is the info that we got. Cool. And then, like, yeah. what changes do you feel in that industry? Because me knowing nothing about that industry, this is probably a very big question. But, uh, like, what changes do you think kind of could happen then once those stats come out? Well, I don't think we need the stats to really start changing it. Mm-hmm. I think the stats will just kind of solidify for those people who need the numbers and need okay. to know that, yes, yep. this is a thing that needs to be talked about. Um I think it's just more open conversation about it and just being able to be open-minded and have that open conversation. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I've learned so far about being a funeral director is being open-minded and catering to the needs of the family, being able to hear hear the needs of the family, and being able to hear 
who the person is that they're memorializing mm-hmm. and being able to learn from that and just be open to whatever it is to help them honor the end of their life. Did you, have you ever found, or I guess heard, of the industry just not really, you know, listening to families and the needs of families and, you know, maybe a family wants something different, just being told that, no, that's not how it goes. Does that happen a lot in that industry? Uh, No. Usually funeral directors are good within reason. Okay. Obviously, if you're wanting to set fire to the funeral home, they're not going to let that happen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's more a lot of the family's grief and Mm -hmm. not, not understanding that the grief might be a little different because their child or their brother or their cousin is trans and Mm -hmm. they're kind of confused on how to memorialize and who they're grieving uh depending on if the parents of a past trans trans child um ends up accepting their child or not Mm -hmm. before they pass would be a major factor for sure okay on whether or not they're memorialized as who they are. Yeah. Because lo- not everyone has accepting parents, and yeah. not everyone's parents wants them to be who they are. So, yeah. That can be a definite hurdle. Yeah, definitely. Now, you offer, or, you know, what you're hoping to offer in this uh, new kind of move that you're making uh, with your trans death care Instagram and your social media is the peer support. So, what does that look like? Right now, it's just having my face out there, having my name out there and being like, hey, I'm here. There's someone trans in this industry. They're thriving. They're doing well so far. They aren't kicking and screaming and saying, fuck this shit. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, just kind of having someone out there is really helpful. I've had people message me and be like, hey, thank you for this page existing. Like, I'm so happy this exists. Like, we need something like this. And that's what's kind of keeping me still doing this and, like, still fighting forward is because there are people who need it and who are actually being affected by it and messaging me and saying, hey, thank you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And in the, uh, like, schooling that you're doing right now, are you kind of, are you able to bring in this, you know, offering of peer support and the work that you want to do into the program? Um... We'll see. Still early days. It's still early days. Mm -hmm. I'm still a little green, green (laughs) little funeral director. So (laughs) once I build a relationship with my teachers a bit better, Mm -hmm. I feel like I may be able to have more open conversations about them, maybe changing the curriculum a bit. Once I go through both the full two years to be like, hey, this is the stuff I found kind of questionable and stuff I feel like you could add and include us in. Yeah. Have you have you spoken to any of your instructors yet about your work? Or are you still waiting for the... I'm, I'm waiting for the next seminar because okay. most of it's online because it's mm. Canada-wide. Okay, okay. So we have a nice week-long seminar in January and I'll probably just bombard them with it then. Yeah. I don't know how much they've heard because networking in the grapevine is pretty... Yeah. It's pretty small. Yeah, I was, I was going to say there's not, like, you know, tons of people in that industry. It's Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's definitely a niche. And then being yeah. trans in this industry is a 
it's niche within the niche, niche. <laughs> or like yes. anything non-binary for sure yeah yeah no that's awesome now tell me if you don't mind sharing like what does death mean to you after kind of this exploration of you you know realizing that there needed to be more conversation sitting with your grandma as she passed away and then going into the funeral care world like what does death mean to you um death for me is just another stage of life um i definitely still have fears about it but i definitely still accept it as what it is it's something that happens to literally everyone we can't avoid it yeah. Death and taxes, yeah. right? That's yeah. what they say. Yeah, yeah no, death and taxes, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. And you can't avoid being born either. Uh, yep, yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> there's that, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, for me, it's literally just another stage of life, and I think it needs to be celebrated. I don't fully know what happens after death. I know that it's an experience for everyone, and reading palliative care books and like hearing experiences of hospice nurses and stuff and like how watching people pass away and what happens and how it's usually like a calming presence yeah it's that's that's really encouraging for me yeah. Sure. I know there's a comedy that Ricky Gervais did many years ago called Derek. It's, you know, British humor. You have to <laughs> definitely have that British humor oh, yeah, for some for of sure. it. Have you seen Derek? I haven't seen it, but it's definitely up my alley. Okay, yeah. So personally, I loved it um, because I do have that crass British humor side of me. But what was really beautiful about it, one scene where uh, the woman who runs the care center that they're in, and she was just saying, you know, her job, some people are there, nurses or midwives or whoever are there to kind of help people be born into the world. But her role is to be there with them as they leave. And she's like, it's such an honor and a privilege yeah. and like that really tugged my heartstrings I really think that's a beautiful you know role for someone to play yeah. in someone's life yeah for sure there's definitely people who are actively pursuing that as a role in their lives yeah. as well like the death doula community has definitely grown mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who have contacted me who are gender variant in any way are death doulas Mm, okay. I've had more death doulas than people in the funeral industry co- contact me about oh, wow. it. Yeah. Wow. I think it might just be that more forward thinking and more open, open thinking yeah. to embracing all of the possibilities of death, because you know we have to be more open minded just in general. Yeah. <laughs> to accept ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. It's have, interesting. If and again, if you don't mind sharing, have you? kind of planned what at this point in your life because I know it will change that plan may change right but have you kind of planned or thought about what you once you die what you want that celebration to look like for me I'm I'm an organ donor so whatever they can use mm-hmm. use it save people's lives awesome. heck yeah um whatever they don't use if if I can I want my tattoos to be preserved i want to be one of those people can you do that yeah you can i had no idea okay (laughs) yeah just take off the 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 dermis and (laughs) preserve it tan it like a hide yeah yeah because i just really appreciate the artwork of the tattoo artists that i'm friends with and yeah their art's beautiful like 
I don't want it rotting away if, yeah. I can, if I can save it. And the rest of me, I don't, I don't really care what happens disposition-wise. Like, could try and embalm me, depending on how much they take. Um, mm-hmm. Could cremate me, aquamate me, just green barrel in me, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you haven't got, like, strict instructions. I haven't got strict anyone, instructions no. for that, no. Okay. But I would definitely want to be remembered as Tony. Yeah. That's who I am. That's my only really strict instruction. Yeah. 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 It's like, throw a party for me, <laughs> not for who I was born as. Okay, Thanks. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who you are, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, if do you have any instructions on what you want that party to look like? Any themes? You know, some people go out there, right, with oh, yeah. their their celebrations. Oh yeah, one of my friends, Christina, she keeps talking about it. All she wants is a crying corner, and she's oh, gonna hire yeah. professional Sicilian mourners or something, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna be in the corner there with like picture shine crying. Oh, <laughs> and that's just that's just kind of her thing. But uh, for me, there probably will be a lot of My Little Pony involved. Cool, I know that for sure. Okay, I'm a major brony. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who knows me and encounters me will learn that. Also, and that's what yeah. your tattoo is. Sorry to give that away, people. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Pony tattoos definitely have those. That's <laughs> awesome. And it's, it's funny because uh, bronies was on my list of potential episode topics. So if I ever get to that... Yeah, <laughs> I totally have me on. I to you, yes. Yes, you can reach out to me, that's for sure. I will do that. So, like, in the world of death care, I know there's not that many people involved. And it seems to me, and again, I'm making an assumption because I don't know too much about the industry, but it's like you get a few options of, you know, whether you want a green burial, whether you want to be cremated. There's these things and you choose and and kind of that's it. But you want there to be more open-mindedness and a lot, you know, a more kind of more fluidity. So how does someone in that industry become like an ally to trans people and to, you know, other folks who maybe just want to be, you know, or just have something different or be remembered the way they want to be remembered and not being kind of fit into the the very few options that are available? It's not that there's very few options. When it comes to disposition, whatever you choose, it's whatever you choose. There's definitely endless options on how you can celebrate your life. Yeah, which I yeah. think a lot of people don't know because I don't really know that. And I mean, Rena and Michelle did open my world up a little bit more yeah. to that. But yeah, a lot of people don't actually know that there's a ton of options. Yeah, no, uh, your final disposition, cremation, burial, green burial, depending on where you are and what's allowed and what the bylaws allow. Um, that's just to make sure that you're finally laid to rest somewhere mm-hmm. and that it's registered with vital statistics that you're deceased and you're gone and you're dispositioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but celebrations of life, mo- funerals, memorials, can go as big and as hard as you want. Okay. Like, w- however much money you want to spend, spend it. If you want to spend and cheap out and do the cheap, near yeah. quotations, <laughs> option, that's totally fine. You you don't need to spend 10 grand on a casket, mm-hmm. but if you want to spend that 10 grand on a casket for your mom, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, go for it. It's whatever helps you with your grief and yeah. a lot of funeral funeral directors are definitely able to help with that um 
for me with uh, being trans, it's more just being able to have that open conversation and kind of understand the psychology and the grief psychology around it and around the family so that you can better help them through that grief and through memorializing. Because if they're grieving two people in their mind who is this one person, then you need to be able to help them grieve both those people mm. and find them the like whatever resources they need to help them grieve those people and be able to be that first step in the grieving process. So whose role, and I mean maybe it's multiple roles here, but would it be the funeral director's role to kind of give them the resources? Um, I feel like it is the funeral director's role to recognize people's grief and if someone's mm -hmm. grieving abnormally to kind of be able to give them something mm -hmm. to be able to steer them in the right direction because abnormal grief is horrible and nobody should go through it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to go through grief. Grief is horrible, but abnormal grief is terrorizing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's part of our job just to help as helping the families to be able to recognize and steer in that direction. And what other resources are out there? So say the funeral director hands, you know, a family, a grieving family, some resources. Um, what would what would they look like, those resources? There's a lot of grief groups mm -hmm. and things like Willow mm -hmm. with Rena and Michelle, those would be wonderful resources because you take a look at your own mortality and your mm -hmm. own grief and it's a very supportive environment. There's definitely a couple places in the Lower Mainland that offer support groups and stuff like that, which is awesome. Um, I want to, at some point, be able to get and gather a whole bunch of resources, specifically to trans death, death care and mm -hmm. dealing with trans issues and surrounding that and put it on a website and mm -hmm. have it accessible so that if it is a family who has a transgender loved one that is in your care, you can pull those resources up and find what you need. Are there any resources right now um, that? Not, not that I know of, mm. not that I'm aware of, because it's not a very talked about thing. Yeah. But if, if there are resources out there, Heck yeah, contact please me. Us, yeah, <laughs> you know, please even let me know and I'll post them in the show notes of this website. And so definitely yeah. if anyone who's listening to this, reach out to both Tony and I and we'll find places for, for those to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm definitely wanting to get as much information out there as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I plan on, with my site at some point, having a map of all the locations where I have all of the yeah. outlet all of the allies that have reached out to me and all of the trans-friendly funeral homes and death doulas and yeah. death care professionals that have just stated that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that this would is a be thing. awesome, definitely, yeah. to have those. Um, so you've talked a little bit about grief, you know, just regular grief being horrible, abnormal grief being even... Yeah more horrible what is grief or do or are you willing to kind of share an experience where you went through grief and how you kind of went through that process because i know it's different for everyone so i'm always curious to kind of hear someone else's experience um i've gone through multiple different 
grievances for sure. Um, one of them was a sudden loss of a dear friend. Mm. She was two spirit and she completed suicide. Uh, I heard it was by overdose. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, just hearing about her loss because I heard about it a month after it happened from her ex-partner who I'm still dear friends with um, because her ex-partner posted and was devastated and wrecked Mm -hmm. obviously Um, and yeah we just didn't hear anything about her disposition or where she was or what happened to her or anything like that and both of us I feel like definitely have abnormal grief around that Mm -hmm. that grieving process because we haven't been able to fully grieve her. We both got a memorial tattoo. We both got a feather for her um, on her death anniversary in May. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. That was part of the process. You think it that, was kind of part of the healing? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it definitely helped both of us kind of complete the process a bit more and do our own little memorialization for her, mm-hmm. our own little kind of silent eulogy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it, it, as you say, grief is a, a funny thing and does funny things to people. And, yeah. you know, it's not even sometimes in terms of just death, right? Grief can come up in different situations yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something to kind of take seriously and take your time with. Like, what advice do you have for people who, you know, are grieving a loved one? Just acknowledge all your feelings and let yourself go through them if if you're sad cry mm-hmm. don't hold your hold don't hold back your tears um if you're open and able to talk about it with people definitely do because um talking about my own grief i work right now at a retirement home so i work a lot with the elderly and seniors mm-hmm. and i've had quite a few pass in the past couple of months just because of the whole change of weather and just talking about their passing and talking about the fact yeah I'm in grief with my peers and my roommates and just being able to openly communicate about it really helped and it also kind of made them be like oh you're you're talking about it Mm -hmm. this is this is okay to talk about it's normal we can we can do this it's okay yeah 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 just kind of normalizing yeah Mm because all of your feelings are normal. They're normal for you. Um, if you feel like you're grieving abnormally and you feel like you're just getting nowhere and it's destroying your life, go see a grief counselor. Mm. That's what they're there for. There's tons of free re- free resources as well, usually through hospice societies, and uh, they'll usually offer free counseling groups for people who have lost a loved one within the past year. I know Burnaby Hospice does that for sure. Um, Yeah, there's resources out there, and it's just being aware of your own grief and being aware of yourself and letting yourself kind of live through it and Mm -hmm. heal what you can. Yeah, Yeah. it's really easy just to try to kind of move on really quickly and get on with your life again and try to get back to normal, whatever that, you know, is. Yeah. And we don't really take yeah, no. too much time. Uh, a good saying I've heard is um, that 
it's grief doesn't like take you can't get back to normal Mm -hmm. it's now your new normal that you have to live with and I that's how I look at it now it's like okay this is my new normal it's okay Mm -hmm. like nothing nothing too terrible is going to happen because this is my new normal yeah 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 thank you for sharing so you've you've started school you're eight weeks in how long is your program it's two years two years okay and then do you have any and totally okay if you don't but any kind of vision of yourself say you know once you've you've finished and you're working or even five years down the line like what are you doing and how does trans death care kind of fall into the work that you'll be doing well especially learning with school um i plan on getting another a job at a funeral home. I had one for uh, around a month. They were very nice. Mm-hmm. It just didn't fully work out. It's nothing on their part, nothing yeah. on my part. It just kind of happened, which is okay. It's fine. Um, so I'm very stealable. I'm looking for a funeral <laughs> job. If anyone in the lower mainland wants a cool, cool kid in their funeral home, um, just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I plan on getting a job by the end of the first school year. I have time within between the first year and the second year to get a job as well and get mm-hmm. apprenticed if I need that extra time. Um, and then through that second year, plan on working through school, learning more about myself and how I can help people in this industry and what I'm most comfortable with. Um, I definitely do love the embalming side of things and mm-hmm. I love being able to care for the loved one and just give them that extra nice touch at the end yeah. um, I also might fully pursue doing the funeral director part of it too the good part of this program is we get to do dual license and then if we mm-hmm. want to we can choose whether or not we just want to be a funeral director or want to do funeral director and embalming Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's cool. You get to choose. So you're still trying to kind of just test both out and then see what kind of works for you. Yeah. I enjoy both. I want to test both out. If I end up being dual and doing both, then Mm -hmm. that's totally fine by me. Seems like a lot of work to do both. Oh, yeah. It would be a lot of work. (laughs) But I mean, having the skills to do both is definitely an asset. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So what advice would you have for other trans people out there who actually want to get into the death care industry and work in it like you do? Was it easy for you to step in? Was there a bit of a barrier? You know, what would you say to those folks? For me, it was easy because BC is such an accepting, mm-hmm. accepting province for sure. We are very progressive, yeah. especially when it comes to trans health and trans care. So for me, I think it was more that there was that open-mindedness here, and it's not really a big barrier. Mm-hmm. For sure, in some states and countries, it will be a huge barrier. Um, I say if if you want to do it, fucking go for it. Yeah. Fight for it. If If you're having any issues, call on me, and I will try and advocate in mm-hmm. some way to get you the schooling that you want to get and get you into this field, because we need more people and we need more representation and 
obviously, if you're wanting to go in this field, you're a loving and caring person because yeah. that's what most people who go in this field do. They want to care. Yeah. And care for the dead and care for the loved ones. And yeah. 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 It's a, it's a beautiful field. I mean, again, I don't know much about the industry, but uh, just from TV shows, from speaking with uh, Rena and Michelle, I just find the people who kind of go into that world just are absolutely beautiful yeah. human beings. It's a beautiful <laughs> field. Hu- beautiful human beings. Definitely the way the public eye watches it makes it seem like everything is horrible. Everyone's mm-hmm. a scammer. Everyone's yeah. money hungry, greedy, assholes, all that. But um, not in my experience with the people I'm going to school with and the people I've been networking with. I've been networking a lot, especially Mm -hmm. in the lower mainland. Everyone's fairly open-minded and fairly encouraging and definitely, definitely this industry is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I mean, coming from the UK and just based around, again, the experience of my mum dealing with the death of her, both, you know, parents in separate occasions, I always thought it was a very kind of restricted, these are your choices, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to pay for, there's no choice. And uh, not really seeing it as a very welcoming space until I moved here. And then, of course, you know, fell into the lap of Willow. And now having this conversation with you, I realized that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone's there just to make a transaction. Yeah. Not every funeral home wants to suck all the money out of you just because you're sad. It's really unfortunate that that's a lot of the mindset that people come into a funeral home with. Mm. Um, When I was working at the funeral home, a lot of the people I talked to who were prearranging or who had a service or a viewing there, I would ask them, well, like, why did you choose this funeral home? And they were like, oh, because it didn't feel like they were selling to us. Mm. All the other ones, it just felt too much like a transaction, too much like they were trying to sell me everything. Yeah, Yeah. which when you're right in depths of grieving is not something that you're going to be in a good kind of state of mind to to deal with you need as much support as possible yeah yeah that's beautiful so any last thoughts or words on the work that you're doing on death care on trans death care on yourself that you want to to wrap up this interview with well it's definitely a start I'm definitely going to be growing with this industry and trans death care will be growing as well I plan on it I plan on it becoming a thing I plan on it being an initiative that actually changes something in the funeral profession Mm -hmm. because it's needed. If it gets conversations more up and running and people talking about it more and that's all, that's awesome. If it ends up changing educational, like, why is that mortuary colleges Mm -hmm. in the States and in Canada? Like, that'd be really awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you got your work cut out for you, but I'm pretty certain that you're going to be a fighter. And uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, please do head over to both Instagram and Twitter and follow Tony at Trans Death Care. 
If you enjoyed our conversation or you have any comments that you would like to share, then head over to this episode page on our website, which is uncomfortable.blog, and you can post them in the comments box. You can also follow us on social media. We are at uncomfortable.blog on Facebook and Instagram and at uncomfy underscore podcast on Twitter. If you like what you heard, then head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a glowing review and make sure to hit all five of those stars. You can also support us on a monthly basis by becoming a patron and pledging as little as two to five dollars per month. Your monthly pledges will help keep this little podcast on its pod feet by covering costs such as website, podcast hosting, editing software and equipment upgrades. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Now go out there and get uncomfortable.